Pokémon. tattoo like four days later Yay. so i'm gonna look like a total fucking mormon <laughs> like swimming <laughs> with you guys i'm like hello everybody like, yes. Like, Jesus, yes i love i love god <laughs> i love god i just love fucking god <laughs> <laughs> okay let's, let's just um, let's get into this yeah yeah let's get into this hello everybody hey what's welcome up welcome to anyways how's your sex life we are your slutty hosts i'm channa and I'm Corey. Welcome, y'all, to episode 75. Yes. It's been a minute, everybody. It's been a long minute, but we are back. It has been a crazy three weeks for us. Corey moved. He's not even in the state of Utah anymore. I'm not. I'm in Idaho. <laughs> He's in goddamn Idaho. I'm heartbroken. It's fine. We're fine. So there's been a We're lot. Fine. I'm also 25 now. I had a birthday. Jordan's Yay. 29. Yay, Jordan's 29. Yeah, we had a couple birthdays. We, you know, Corey moved. We partied. It was it was a whole thing. It was a month, but we're back. We are better than ever. And uh, welcome everybody. Thanks for joining welcome. us today. So usually, as y'all know, if you've been listening to our podcast for a while, whenever we get to you know episode fifty five or sixty five or seventy five, all that fun stuff, it's a combined episode. So since we, since we changed up the format, it's still technically technically a combined episode, except now it's split into two parts. So today is going to be part one of our combined episode, and that's Corey's part. And then next week will be part two, which is my part, just so that y'all yes. know what's about to go down. Totally. So do, so do you want to tell them what we're talking about, Corey, today? Um. Yeah. So we are talking about the Golden State Killer. Ooh. Um, who has a lot of AKAs. But yeah. um, it's actually like very, um, very serendipitous because there's also a Hulu show. Is it a Hulu documentary series, docu series? I think it's HBO. It's HBO, an HBO docu series that is coming out weekly. I don't know how many episodes it has so far, but it's still coming out weekly uh, about the Golden State Killer. So if you are interested in the overview and the like dive in that we do today. And then, and then next week, uh, go to HBO and look at that docu series. I forget what it's called off the top of my head. I can look for that, but I'll look for it a little bit later. Yeah, I read the title like seventy-two times today. It's like in, it's not forgot. into the dark because that's the but, Hulu series, but it's something like that. It has dark it in is, the title. I think it's like into the darkness or like knowing the darkness or something. Yeah, like some stuff something, like that. Something yeah. the darkness. Yeah. Um, so clearly we're not like great spokespeople <laughs> for this show. We're like, it's called, you know, I think it's called this. But yeah, I'm like clearly sure we, we weren't given money. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we're not sponsored by HBO, shockingly. Clearly. Um, which is unbelievable to me that HBO has not reached out to a small true crime slash supernatural yeah, podcast. Those assholes. To, those fucking dicks. We get it. You know what? We are better than season eight of Game of Thrones, though. So, yeah. Yeah. So there's that. that. 
So fuck you, HBO. <laughs> we don't want your sponsorship. They're like, what? They're like, <laughs> uh, okay. So yeah, let's get into announcements. Yes, bitch. Yes. So I'm gonna I'm gonna start off with the uh, movie announcement of the month. So we will talk about the purge, um, in the like. Anyways, how's your sex life part of this episode? But yes, for will. our new one movie of the one month, it is <laughs> going to be Doctor Sleep. Um, that Fun. came out about a year ago, and it has Ewan McGregor in it. And do I need to tell you any more because Ewan McGregor is in it? Yeah, because he's don't. fucking hot. Are I you still going? You. Are you still going through your quarantine? Ewan McGregor phase. Um, so I took a pause, but I'm actually just about to get back into it and, and watch and watch more because I was like doing like a, I was doing a uh, aquatic horror and Ian McGregor kick, but oh. I just went to look at uh, recently since I've moved here, I've just been watching a ton of um, British films, uh, so like a ton of Guy Ritchie films and stuff like that. It's been really That's fun. fun. That's yeah. an interesting uh, little world for you to jump into. That's fun. Yeah, it was super fun. Very straight. And surprisingly, though, Guy Ritchie has this obsession with gay men. So there's always like a gay character and a ton of jokes about gay people. And they're like, I don't know. Some of them I really sort of see, like, because he dated Madonna for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, he might have even been married to her. I'm not sure. So, of course, like, if you're, you know, dating Madonna, like, you're going to be involved with gay men. Yeah, <laughs> like, duh. Inevitable. And so you can really tell that some of his jokes are, like, they're not really, they're you're not laughing at gay men. You're laughing with gay men, you know? Oh, that's like, interesting. Like, they're sort of appropriate. Some of them aren't, but some of them are. And it, it, so it's sort of fun. This is when you cut to like a like a montage of like the most horribly inappropriate. Gay <laughs> I mean, jokes, yes, like they use the they say faggot a lot. <laughs> <laughs> and like, then like, fun like it's British just so euphemisms. unbelievably triggering. <laughs> it's, you're like, we're just laughing with the gays. <laughs> People are like, no, we're not. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I mean, yeah, they use a ton of faggot, and then they use a lot of fun like British euphemisms for faggot that are really fun. <laughs> That's fun. Well, I'm yeah, really sad about time. Madonna because, you know, like Jeffrey Epstein's uh, celebrity lists are floating around right now. Like who has visited Epstein Island like oh, 8 million did Madonna? times, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Like every celebrity that exists is pretty much oh, on those duh. lists. So oh, I've been yeah. like f- trying to like fact check some of that shit that's been going around because people were like, oh, well, like Chrissy Teigen made her Twitter private. And so therefore she is part of a sex trafficking ring. Then you like I type mean, in Chrissy Teigen Twitter and it's not private. <laughs> so it's like a, just a complete oh, fucking wrong. lie. It's wrong. And so I'm like, <laughs> okay. So I don't know. I mean, they're all obviously involved with most likely shady shit. No, but I did yeah. see Madonna today on the list and I was like, bye Madonna. Yep. I mean, yeah, I think the whole thing is like once you get a ton of money or you're a celebrity, they sort of bring you to a party where that's happening. Yeah, And then totally. like halfway through the party, you realize that's going on. And then people are like, well, you're an accomplice now. So like, yeah, if anything um, ever happens, you need to shut it down and not say anything. And you're like, Stef- oh, I guess I don't want to go to jail for just accidentally being at this party. So I guess, <laughs> yeah, here I am. Gwen Stefani's so on I the guess. list. That sucked, too. Oh, I yeah. was real sad about that one. I'm like, no, Gwen, no. Luckily, I did not see Drew Barrymore on the list. So all oh, is well God. with the world. We're I'm still okay, Corey. Man. We're still fucking oh. okay. <laughs> Tomorrow, it's like this audio clip of Drew Barrymore hating on gays. I'm yeah. Like, no. She's like, and I specifically hate anyways, how's her sex life? We're like, no, Drew Barrymore, no. <laughs> She's like, and I did visit Epstein Island. We're like, no. No, <laughs> no Drew Barrymore. I'd kill myself. 
I know. I she's just the best. I just love her. She she's. Is. I just want to protect her at all costs. I know. She's all right. such the best. Uh, do we have any other announcements to make? Um, the only other announcement is that if audio sounds different, it, it, it should because I'm in a different room uh, recording on my other computer again. So I might be a little bit more echoey, but I tried it and it sounds pretty good. But it might be a little bit more spacey, but that's not really going to change, I don't think. I don't really have a setup where I can like make a tent fort. But so fuck you guys. Yeah, so <laughs> so fuck if there's some echo situation, bye. Bye. Okay, so let's go to my fact of fact. Yes. Okay, so mine today is on ten fun queer slang terms. Ooh, fun. <laughs> a lot of words. So the first one is called Sappho Daddio. <laughs> So do you remember when I did, you know, Sappho or Sapphiric to be Sapphiric is to be like lesbian because there's that, I did that faggot fact on the Grecian uh, woman, Sappho. Oh yeah. Yeah. Flashback Who did her poetry and it was, she's a lesbian. Yeah. So it's uh, the Sappho, the Sappho Daddio is a gay male who enjoys the company of lesbians. Oh, um, cute. Yeah. And the, it, and in that in a little extra term is one that's called a fruit fly. And it's a fruit oh. fly is a term for straight women who like to hang out with gay people. I'm a fruit fly. <laughs> is oh that cute? God. You're a fruit fly. Oh, that is so cute. cute. That means I'm a little oh. annoying, but still cute. Now you're still there for fly. a good time. Fruit flies are so cute. Yeah. Because fuck um, straight men. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Jordan's like fuck me. <laughs> Except Jordan, I guess. But you know, I'm a fruit Jordan's fly. like causing the cure to cancer in the next room. He's like, God. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, well, fuck me. I guess throws it out the window. <laughs> um. Okay. Then we have Tinker Bell, which oh. is a gay man who enjoys being urinated on. <laughs> oh, I was gonna expect. Oh, okay, that makes sense. I guess you know you tinkle, so Tinker yeah. Bell. I, I was it. also thinking of Twink, so maybe it's a Twink who likes being peed yeah, on. Twinker I Bell. It's the next level. I love that to be a Tinker Bell. Um, <laughs> next one is an Ursula. <laughs> Ooh, why these are all uh, Disney themed? <laughs> so yeah, so this is uh, this is a queer woman who hangs out with bears. <laughs> That's so specific. I yeah. Love it. Also, also they could be called a Goldilocks, which that makes more sense than an Ursula. Yeah, that oh, makes yeah. more sense than Ursula, but I'm here for both. Yeah, I'm here for both. Uh, next one is a vampire, which are gay men who go out looking for hookups late at night. Lol. <laughs> <laughs> um, then the next one is a vegetarian, which is oh. a, a homosexual male who does not give oral sex, who does not like to give oral. So that's funny because you don't like to eat meat. Eat meat. Yeah, that yeah, makes so sense. That makes sense. I like that one. Lol, 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 lol. Lol. Uh, next one is a yard boy. <laughs> it's a gay male who enjoys having sex in public, particularly oh. outdoors. Ooh. Ooh. So you're a yard boy. Um, next one is to say that you are in sisters. So this is referring to two gay men who have an intimate but non-sexual relationship, usually being best friends. So you'd Aww. say like, oh, we're in sisters or I'm in sisters with this person. That's cute. Since it is in like I'm in love or like I want to fuck them. I'm in sisters with them. That's cute. Yeah, I like that one. Uh, the next one is the lounge lizard, which is someone who frequents bars trying to pick up other people's mates, which is so, yeah, you're just like a predator, like a creepy predator. You know, good job, I guess. Whatever. Yeah. Um, mm. Next one is the the lucky Pierre, which is the middleman in an Eiffel Tower, which is hot. 
Oh my god, yes. Yes. And then the net the last one is a $9 bill. <laughs> so this goes uh, this is like a sort of expounding upon the queer than a th- I'm queer than a $3 bill. So it means that you are like even way more queer than that. So you're three times queer than a $3 a $3 bill. So you're like you're the like- most extremely flaming gay homosexual that you can be. You're like, you may be queer, but you're not like a $9 queer. Yeah. Like you could be There's queer like, as a $3 bill, but you can't be like $9 bill queer. You're like squeefing sparkles into somebody's oh my God. mouth. <laughs> In public. In public. In a yard. You're also a yard boy. <laughs> you're everything. While getting you're, peed on. You're you're every, you're all of these. Every single one of these. You're a tinker. You're a $9 tinker lounge lizard yard boy. Who's also a fruit fly somehow. <laughs> Who's also a fruit fly somehow. And it's nighttime, so you're a vampire. Yeah, it's, so it's just fucking... But you know what? You don't yeah, go to bars to, to just pick people up because you're a good person. <laughs> oh, that's true. You're not a lounge lizard. You're lucky You're Pierre. not a lounge lizard. You're lucky Pierre. You're lucky yeah. Pierre by, ni- by day, vampire oh. by night. But that means you can't be a vegetarian, so it's mm, fine. It's that's fine, true. Though. That's, that's you can... better. <gasps> Gasp. How dare that's you? That's better. Okay. So yeah, those are my 10 queer slang words. Just trying to be quick for this one because, you know, I'll talk for the main the main event. Well, I will be long for mine then. Yay. Hi, everybody. Spooky Scoop. So this Spooky Scoop is brought to you by my dearly beloved Jordan. Yay. Because I had a completely different Spooky Scoop plan, but he like ran up to me all excited. He's like, do you have a Spooky Scoop plan? Because I just found something so awesome, you should just do it on. I'm like, fuck Ooh. it. I'm like, I'm like, write it for me, and I'll just read it. Yeah, because bitch. that makes my life so much easier. Um, so I am t- today. I am talking about satanic abortions. <gasps> what? <laughs> Which is so fun. So here I feel we like go. it sounds crazy. That sounds so crazy. And you know what? It's just gonna get crazy from here. Just kidding. I only briefly read through this, so I'm going. This is a this is a journey for all of us. For me, for you, it's really my first time hearing this. So let's do it. So June 9th, twenty twenty. You know, like a solid two months ago. Associated <laughs> <years> Press. Five years ago. <laughs> yeah, ten, twenty-two years ago. Feels like at this point. Um, Associated Press reported that the Eighth Circuit Court of Appeals had dismissed a lawsuit filed by an anonymous member of the Satanic Temple against the state of Missouri for violating their religious freedom. The individual filing suit against Missouri took issue with a pamphlet they received that states, in quotes, the life of each human being begins at conception. Abortion will terminate the life of a separate, unique, living human being. Planned Parenthood is required okay. to um, to give out this information to those seeking to have an abortion according to the Missouri state law. Many other states, including Utah, have very similar laws. It's very fucked up. So the individual claimed that the law violated their religious freedom as a, as a satanic temple member. Now, for those of you who are unfamiliar with the, with the Satanic Temple, Jordan strongly recommends watching the documentary Hail Satan because it really goes into detail what the Satanic Temple is. Because yeah. the the Church of Satan, the Satanic Temple, they're not like, you know, worshiping Satan, like slitting babies' throats in a field. That is just, that is not how they are. They, they're really just a great group of people who advocate for religious freedom and for like environmental 
everything. They're, like, it's a wonderful organization. So just Google it. If you think they're scary, just, like, you know, watch a documentary or two. Go ahead and Google it. Jordan highly recommends Hail Satan. And then he says, if it's you've not Hulu. seen this. He says, if you've not seen this documentary, turn off the podcast and go watch it now. So that's from Jordan. Anyways. Thanks, Jordan. The, thanks, Jordan. <laughs> real, real good, homie. So the court struck down the case stating that, in quotes, any theory of when life begins necessarily aligns with some religious beliefs and not others. So under Doe's, and Doe is the individual filing suit um, theory, Missouri's only option would be to avoid legislating in this area altogether. So just because a law aligns with one religion doesn't necessarily mean that it came from said religion. Additionally, the court could not find that the state was actually violating the person's religious freedom because the satanic temple does not explicitly state that abortion is permitted in their seven tenets. So the satanic temple looked at that response and they're like, okay, well, fuck you. So they decided to add a new sacred ritual to their religion, and this is called the Satanic Abortion Ritual. So That's perfect. I love that's that. That's fucking awesome. So the next lines are directly from the Satanic websites, the Satanic Temple's website. So thyself is thy master. So in accordance with the Religious Freedom Restoration Act, which is RFRA, um, first trimester abortions are now exempt from unnecessary regulations for all individuals practicing the satanic temple's religious abortion ritual. So yeah. what is the satanic abortion ritual? So the satanic abortion ritual uh, provides spiritual comfort and affirms bodily autonomy, self-worth, and freedom um, from forces with the affirmation of TSTs, the, the Satanic Temple's seven tenets. The ritual is not intended to convince a person to have an abortion. Instead, it sanctifies the abortion process by instilling confidence in protecting bodily rights when undergoing yes. the safe and scientific procedure. What protections does the Satanic abortion ritual provide? So religious freedom ensures that Satanists have access to safe abortions that are free from unwarranted state interference. So examples of requirements that cannot be enforced on Satanists are mandatory waiting periods, the requirement that practitioners withhold certain medical information, um, counseling prior to the abortion, required reading materials, medically unnecessary sonograms, mandatory Damn. listening to the fetal heartbeat, compulsory burial or cremation of the fetal remains, all of that stuff is required in a lot of states. Utah requires like more than half of what I just list. So if yeah. you are part of the Church of Satan, you now no longer have to do any of that. Ooh, is there anything – do do you know what you have to do to prove that you are exempt from that? I'm sure you have to like, you know, be actually part of the satanic temple religion and probably join them however their joining process is. Uh, I don't know what their – you know, initiation processes, but I can look that up and that could be my next spooky scoop for y'all. Um, I don't know. I researched like, how to join the satanic temple, like maybe 10 years ago. Cause when I was, uh, when I was like dabbling in witchcraft and stuff, I'm like, it would be pretty cool to be like a Satanist. What Jordan? I joined. Jordan joined. Jordan Yay! is now part of the state. How? So Jordan can get an abortion without that stuff. That's true. Jordan can now get an abortion without the state interfering. Yeah. Uh, Fuck yeah. yeah. Oh, there isn't oh, a chapter here? Oh. 
So Jordan said that in the state of Utah, there is not a satanic temple present. So Jordan now has to start a satanic temple in Utah. So I guess that's our new mission. Um, oh my God, please mission. <laughs> So I guess I'm a, pre- I'm a high priestess now oh by, my God. by default. Oh my God. Um, Simone <laughs> is our deity at yes, this point. Simone, Simone can be the minor deity of the yes. temple. She could, okay. like, you know, because it's like St. Luke's or St. John's cathedral yeah. it can be saint simone saint simone's cathedral oh saint god. simone's satanic temple yes oh, oh my god i love it okay i have two more no i don't i have a couple more things to go over first so how does one perform the satanic abortion ritual so for surgical abortions Prior to receiving any anesthetic or sedation, look at your reflection to be reminded of your personhood and your responsibility to yourself. Focus on your intent. Take deep breaths and make yourself comfortable. When you are ready, say the third tenet and the fifth tenet aloud. You may now undergo the surgery. After the surgery is completed and any aesthetic is worn off, um, return to your reflection and recite the personal affirmation. Feel doubts dissipating and your confidence growing as you've just undertaken a decision that affirms your autonomy and free will. The religious abortion ritual is now complete. Yes. I love that. Now now for medical abortions, immediately before taking the medications to terminate your pregnancy, look at your reflection to be reminded of your personhood and responsibility. So it's like the exact same thing. So the whole point with like both abortions is before the abortion's completed, whether that's through them you know sucking it out of your uterus or you taking the pills you just look at yourself and you say i'm a fucking badass goddess warrior and you say some of their you know spiritual stuff (laughs) and then you get the abortion and once it's done you look at yourself in the mirror and you realize i am beautiful i am a goddess this just affirms my autonomy and my free will and my satanic temple abortion ritual is now complete (laughs) So the two tenets that you have to repeat. So tenet three, you have to say one's body is inviolable, subject to one's own will alone. And then tenet five is beliefs should conform to one's best scientific understanding of the world. One should take care never to distort scientific facts to fit one's beliefs. That's, That's a good one. And then the personal affirmation that you tell yourself is by my body, my blood, by my will, it is done. Nice. So Jordan has a note. He said, I felt the spirit <laughs> when I read the satanic yes. abortion ritual. <laughs> the spirit manifested the truth unto me. Therefore, I must follow the promptings of that holy feeling. Henceforth, yes. I am a member of the satanic temple from this day until my last dying day. Hail Satan. Oh, God. Note yes. two, I believe he any- is paraphrasing joseph smith there (laughs) yeah actually jordan's the new joseph smith apparently of utah so we're he's good old jordan jordan bartholomew uh so note number two that's so much more fun i know and i guess i'm emma fuck oh my god (laughs) i'm like we're no wisdom uh (laughs) boos boos and s'mores and simone are the children yeah (laughs) Oh God! Oh my God! Does that mean you're Brigham Young? <gasps> oh you're a my bad God. guy. I'm, Brig- I'm such a bad guy. <laughs> you're a fucking bad guy. I'm a horrible guy. You're yeah. You're you can't sit with us, Corey. You're a bad guy. <laughs> I'm horrible. So that is satanic abortion. Next week, I will talk to you guys about how to join the satanic temple Ooh. if you're interested. 
So yes. that is my spooky scoop. Hell yes. All right. Mm-hmm. Well, let's get into your uh, part one of the Golden State Killer. Yes. Joseph James D'Angelo, a.k.a. the Vesalia Ransacker, a.k.a. the East Area Rapist, a.k.a. the Golden State Killer, is Ooh. a known serial killer, serial rapist, burglarer, and former police officer who committed at least 13 murders, more than 50 rapes, and over 100 burglaries in California between 1973 and 1986. So... Let's go into his little his little early life before we get into his murders and shit. So D'Angelo was born on November 8th of 1945 in Bath, like as in B-A-T-H, New York, uh, to Joseph James D'Angelo, who was a U.S. Army sergeant, and Kathleen Louise de Groot. So de he's Groot? The, de Groot. Bad de, last name. G-R-O-A-T. De Groot? De Groot? Bad last name. No matter yeah, how right? you that's say a, it, that's, that's not a, horrible, a good last name. That's a horrible last name. <laughs> DeGroat. DeGroat. <laughs> um, so he is the oldest of four, having two younger sisters and one younger brother. Um, while his family was stationed in West Germany on the military base, uh, D'Angelo, um, at the age of nine, witnessed his seven-year-old sister being raped by two airmen in a warehouse. Ah, so that there, fucks you up. I checked the validity of this, and there are reports that uh, from relatives that said that this happened. So it seems pretty legit that this is one of his like serial killer moments. You know, one of yeah. those triggering moments where he witnessed something horrific at a young age. Um, I don't know if that's a hundred percent true, but it seems pretty pretty valid that that was a well, real yeah. thing that happened. And it would play hand in hand with how he's like a serial rapist. How yeah, yeah. He was exposed to that type of violent sex when he was nine yeah. years and old. And also, and that's like, like a pivotal moment when you're that young. So, yeah, bad, well, yeah. And also depict bears. like how the military treat women, etc. You know, did yeah. you know right now that there's a potential serial killer on a military base going on? Ooh, fun. I mean, not fun, but no, I did not know that. Yeah, um, I I just heard about it. Uh, I was listening to the last podcast on the left because they're like the only true crime one that I still listen to. Yeah, um, they they were talking about it in their like every week they do like a side story. They call it side stories, and it's their just like shoot the shit episode for the week where they just like That's talk fun. about up to date news and stuff. And apparently there have been now three murders at a military base, and they are all women. Um, so it's a potential so that makes it a potential serial killer at a base fuck that's crazy i have not been up to date on my true crime because i haven't really been on uh, facebook or anything or any of my normal true crime places the past few weeks i am out of date sad i'll have to research it oh i want to text my uncle mike about it to see what he yeah he might know something yeah well no yeah because the u.s military is getting a ton of shit about being like, why are y'all not on top of this more? Like, why are we just hearing about these things? You know, it's like, because they're horrible. You know, they just like yeah. throw everything under the rug. Because boys will be boys. Because boys will be boys. Yeah. Oof. Okay. So uh, after that, between 1959 and 1960, he attended Mills Junior High School in Rancho Cordova in California. In hey. 1961, he went to the Folsom High School. And received his GED in 1964. In September of 1964, he then joined the U.S. Navy and served for 22 months during the Vietnam War as a damage controlman on two different cruisers. I didn't put their names because y'all don't care. It's fine. 
Then beginning August of 1968, D'Angelo attended the Sierra College in Rockland, California, graduated with an associate's degree in political science, and and actually uh, graduated with honors. And then in May of 1970, D'Angelo became engaged to Bonnie Jane Cowell. Cowell. Colwell. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) Bonnie Jean Colwell. Isn't that? That's like the most American Two weeks in Boise. Yeah. (laughs) Bonnie Jean Colwell. Colwell. That's my new. That's that's my new like you stripper know, name. Yeah, it's my new stripper name. Bonnie Jean. Oh my god, that's a great stripper name. That's a great stripper name. <laughs> oh my that's a god. Great, your little southern. If belle. I was in any southern any southern state and like was a stripper, Bonnie Jean Colwell. One hundred thousand. Oh my god, and I like would not. I would not respond to anybody. Unless they yes. called me that entire name. That entire name. Yes. Yeah. And Bonnie like Jean only Colwell. the manager could yes, say sir. Bonnie Jean. Yeah, but nobody and BJ. Can say Bonnie. Yeah, <laughs> BJ's oh, the nickname. BJ. Oh, that's it's so perfect. Cute. This is the perfect um, is stripper, the perfect stripper name. name. <laughs> Thank you, Bonnie Jean. Thank you, Jean She's Bonnie like, what Jean the fuck? Her like, her like granddaughter listens to this podcast. She's like, <laughs> She's what like, the fuck? fuck? Y'all. <laughs> y'all just disrespected Grandma BJ's name. <laughs> no, we just like fucking worshipped her name. <laughs> yeah, we just elevated. We just took it to the next yeah, level. Yeah, elevated. It- <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Um, so she was a classmate at the Sierra College, um, but however, she reportedly broke off the relationship. And a, a quick little side note that's a little preemptive, but investigators believe that this might be con- uh, connected to um, him saying, uh, I hate you, Bonnie, during one of the attacks that he did later on that he's convicted of and that he confessed to that Chana will get to next week. So in 1971, he attended the Sacramento State University where he earned a bachelor's in criminal justice. Um, he then later took post-grad courses and further police training and then completed a 32-week police internship at the Rosville Police Department. The Roseville, Fuck sorry. the police. <laughs> right. <laughs> and then we just Fuck play the song. <laughs> Fuck the police coming straight from the underground. Um, Fuck the police. Defund so from them. May 1973 to August 1976, he was a burglary... Burg- Oh, my God. <laughs> Uh-oh. <laughs> I don't even know if this is a word. He was a burglary u- u- unit police officer. That was yeah. really hard to say. Yeah, he he was an officer for, you know, robberies the burglary and whatnot. Unit. <laughs> burglary is just a difficult word to begin yeah, with. That's like, a lot of it's U's. Just, yeah, U's. it's a lot of, like, L's and U's and, and R's and, and R, Y's. Yeah, that R is really hard. It's a very, like, English... You know how you told me when you went to uh, yeah. Chile, how everyone, when they would make fun of Americans, they go, arr, 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 burglary yeah. is the exact word it's they should the be exa- making fun exactly. of. Exactly. That's why it's so hard for me, because I still get that, especially when I'm drunk, is, like, when there's a hard R in a word, it's just hard to pronounce. Burglary. During this time that he is in the burglary unit police, um, and he is that, like, officer that is spe- specifically for burglary... He is the Vasilia Ransacker. The Vasilia Ransacker was active between April of 1974, some say March, some even say a year before, to December 1975. It is known today, and uh, Joseph James D'Angelo has uh, testified and pleaded guilty of being basically the Vasilia Ransacker. So this time it is known that while he was also a police officer and specifically a police officer for burglaries, he was a burglar. 
<laughs> so he would be basically rolling up on his own burglary crime yes, scenes. literally. And be disposing of any, of any evidence that could even point to him. Mm-hmm. Fucking corrupt. Crazy. Yeah. So we will get back police. to the Vasilia Ransacker in just two moments. I just have to make two quick little more points of like a timeline on his on his life. Um during this also time, he then served in Auburn from August 1976 to July 1979 when he was arrested for shoplifting a hammer and dog repellent. He was then sentenced to six months probation as, a, as an officer and then fired later that October. So from 1976 sorry, to July 1979, this is when the East Area Rapist was active and D'Angelo has also testified and pleaded guilty to being the East Area Rapist. So, dun, in, dun, two, in, in uh, five consecutive years, he has testified to being, one, the Vasilia Ransacker, and two, the East Area Rapist, when he was an officer in both of these areas while he was doing these. So he would literally be on the job, and then after he was on the job, he would go and commit these crimes of burglarizing, stalking, peeping, tomming, lurking, raping, and killing, and shooting other cops. Like, literally, while he was doing this, and got away with it for decades. So He's not a good guy. Yeah, not a good guy at all. So let's go back to the Vasilia Ransacker. So, the Vasilia... And so I'm going to stop at 1979, because that's when we get into Chana's territory. So... The rest of today, I'm going to talk about the Vasilia Ransacker and the East Area Rapist and then stop there because um, that'll get into Chana's territory. Yeah, so. then I go into the original Night Stalker Ooh. and then the Golden State Killer. Ooh. Ooh. Um, so this is like, he's like the basic Pokemon evolution is the Vasilia Ransacker and we're going to work our way up <laughs> to Aww. the Golden State Killer. Oh, so He's a little cute. Charmander. Can somebody so please make the Pokemon evolutions of... The Vasilia Ransack of serial killers of the Golden State Killer, please. Thank uh, you. Hi, hi, I'm looking at you. <laughs> hi, we're giving you sexy eyes. Thanks. <laughs> uh, he's so like, please don't get me involved with this. <laughs> he's like, please, God, no. <laughs> he's like, don't throw your white shit on me. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's that. 100% what he's fucking saying right now. <laughs> uh, so the Vasilia Ransacker was a voyeur, burglar, and eventual murderer in Vasilia, California. Operating from March uh, or April of 1974 to December of 1975. Um, So during those 20 months, the ransacker is believed to have been responsible for one murder and around 120 burglaries. (laughs) Yikes. Jesus Christ. Um, The burglaries mostly mostly involved breaking into the houses, going through their owner's possessions, vandalizing them, scattering women's underclothing, stealing clothes, uh, coins, and low-value or personal items, while often Ugh. ignoring valuables, even if they were out in plain sight. See, that's, so the, sorry? that's so fucked up to me. That's yeah, just so that fucked weird? up to me. That's yeah. even like, because already get it, your, your house getting broken into, you feel so violated. But to take it a step further and to take those low value, just personal items, just really fucks with you. Oh, I'm about to take it a couple steps further. So the ransacker would often arrange or display specific items in the house. Like literally arrange yeah. them into uh. patterns or put them on oh. display in weird ways. He would also take a single personal item from a set or pair, such as one cufflink or one earring or a stamp from a stamp collection and leave the rest. Ew. Just to just to fuck with you. Yeah, isn't that crazy? That's, what a fucking dick. 
What a yeah. psychopath. Yeah. Um, so multiple same-day ransackings were also common, and there was even one specific day in November 30th of 1974 where there are a recorded 12 separate instance, in, incidents of burglary that he That's was, crazy. that he is, um, you know, that he's involved with, or I can't say that in the correct way, but I can't think of right now. Drunk. That's Sorry. like one an hour. Yeah. Maybe like, like one yeah. even every 30 minutes, depending on like the time of day that he usually burglarized homes. Yeah, that's That's, in, that's insane. <laughs> After this is going on for months, on September 11th of 1975, the crime speed took a dark turn. Ooh. Ooh. At around 2 a.m. in the morning, the ransacker broke it. So this is D'Angelo, the ransacker, broke into the home of Claude Snelling, who's 45. At 532 Whitney Lane, and I just think, you know, Wallaby Way, Sydney, whatever it is. Oh, yeah. Finding yeah. Nemo. Yeah. Um, Snelling, who had already chased away a prowler hidden under his daughter's window one night back in February of that same year, woke up to hearing ruffling outside of his house, and so he was ready. Upon leaving his bedroom, Snelling shouted and ran through the open back door and confronted a ski-masked intruder in his carport. Oh who was attempting to kidnap his daughter, Beth Snelling, who was 16 at the time. Oh. Um, so she, he was literally in, so imagine waking up, hearing ruffling going around in your garage, r- busting into your garage through your house, and seeing your 16-year-old daughter being like manhandled by some dude in a ski mask with no. a gun. So, no. So Beth Snelling, who was 16, had been subdued with threats of being stabbed or shot. So she was just like being held by the dude and walking with him away. Snelling was then shot twice by, uh, you know, the uh, the ransacker. And he staggered back into his house to his wife, where he later died. And that's, so sad. that's so sad. There's more. Oh, my God. The next the next oh, the next one's so much sadder. Um, so the shooter fled the scene without the girl. So D'Angelo fled the scene without the girl, leaving behind a stolen bicycles, a bicycle away down the streets. His sort of MO, sort of almost always, at least through the rapings, I don't know when he gets to become the serial killer, but he sort of always would run through houses and or run, run through uh, backyards, street, or, you know, or like churchyards, schoolyards, to, go, to get to a bike that would then later take him to a car and then he would drive home. He would avoid, so he'd like on foot would avoid streets, run to a secondary mode of transportation that would then take him to his primary mode of transportation and then he would take the streets home. So, you know, just because he was a cop, so he knew to just he like make it as, you know, dynamic as possible. Yeah. He pretty much does that throughout the entire uh, yeah, you know, yeah. decade and a half of him doing bad shit. So in response to this, the town amped up its efforts in catching the ransacker. Beth Snelling went under underwent hy- uh, hypnosis in order to get any more clues as to who the perp was. Um, the Vasilia Police Department posted a four thousand dollar reward uh, for like capturing the dude and giving like you know significant information to capture him, and a night. Multiple nighttime stakeouts were set up by the Vasilia Police Department near the houses that had been previously prowled. Um, but ransackings, however, continued for the next month. Then around oh. 8.30 p.m. on December 12th of 1975, a masked man entered a masked man, sorry, entered the backyard of a house at uh, 1505 West uh, Kaway Avenue uh, near where the ransacker had been reported to frequent. 
uh, when Detective William McGowan uh, attempted to detain the man because he was staked out inside of the garage of this house. The suspect shrieked, <laughs> literally shrieked. He shrieked, dropped he shrieked. his pants. He's, He's like, like hey, bitch. <laughs> um, so the suspect shrieked, removed his mask, and then feigned surrender after McGowan fired a warning shot. However, after that happened, the dude quickly jumped the fence. So uh, uh, the ransacker quickly jumped the fence uh, to the next house over and then pulled out his revolver while doing so in his left hand and then fired once near McGowan's face, shattering his flashlight and I think stunning him uh, to the point where nearby officers rushed to aid McGowan rather than chase the dude. Um, this This allowed the ransacker to escape. And it temporarily blinded McGowan. I so, did? Like, he oh, okay. was fucking down. Like, he was stunned. He was down. He was blind from because his glass shards just flew into his eyeballs. Oh, they did? Oh, I did not catch that. Yeah, but I got the fact that he was, like, stunned enough to where everybody went to his aid and didn't follow the dude. Yeah, his eyeballs were, like, falling out of his head. So everyone was like, oh, my God, are you, you okay, like, Natasha? Are you, are you okay, Natasha? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so items collected as evidence during that night included the flashlight, tennis shoe tracks, and uh, some dropped loot that the dude had gotten, which were blue chip stamps and a blue sock full of coins. So uh, during this time, um, the facility the police department is slowly piecing all of this reported like evidence together. Um, they get like the MO of him doing what he does, his like voyeurism, focusing on girls and women's clothing and stuff like that. They also uh, did there a, a good amount of places. They actually find uh, hand lotion. <laughs> oh, uh, oh, like literally, yeah, yeah, like literal hand lotion at the at, at in like bushes and scenes of crimes where they <gasps> obviously are like, okay, cool, this dude is a, being a peeping tom and masturbating. However, oh, they Lord. were never able to get masturbation like semen. They were never able to find any any detection of semen. Um, so they're like, okay, uh. this is really weird, and this is more dark and sinister than just burglaries. Um, also, um, given the number of high school students that were targeted in these incidents and the location of the crimes that were around the college, investigators suspected that, that a student may be the culprit. And mm. 21 of the 37 main suspects listed by the police uh, were teenagers. So... Mm. So using the evidences gathered from the bullets that killed Claude Snelling and the shoe slash shoe size gathered from the shooter, as well as the MO of all the crimes, it was gathered that the same person was responsible for all of these crimes and shootings and murders, and that the last one to occur was that second shooting that happened in December. So yeah, it is believed that the last crime that happened from this same person who is, you know, stated to be the Vasilia ransacker happened on December 12th at that second shooting when he like shrieked and then ran away and shot that shot at that cop. That sort of ends the Vasilia, the Vasilia ransacker. They didn't know why it stopped and they always just thought it was a teenager um, until obviously 2018 and then 2020 a channel will probably get to that though. Um, Yeah. However, there is also believed that there were several earlier reported prowler and voyeur incidents in Vasilia that started from the mid 1970s mid-1973 um and also an attempted rape on october 9th of 1974 and an attempt and a rape slash kidnap on april 3rd of 1975 that are believed to also be the work of the rant the ransacker um 
It is also possible that he is responsible for the Cordova cat burglar, for being the Cordova cat burglar or the Exeter ransacker crimes. Um, Those happened in the like half decade before this happened. While at the same time that Joseph James D'Angelo was in the area. So it is possible that is him. However, uh, to get a little bit ahead of ourselves, D'Angelo claimed that he did kill that father, Claude Snelling, and he confirmed that he was the ransacker. He did not say that he was the Cordova cat burglar or the Exeter ransacker. So that's that's a good point because he pretty much when he was caught was like, yeah, <laughs> he's like, a- y'all, I fucking did it. Yeah. Yeah. He's like, you fucking finally got me. He's like, I'm 75. <laughs> Fuck mm-hmm. you. So he's it like, would I consider make- I win. <laughs> yeah. So it would make more sense if it if those other like burglaries and whatever were him he would maybe admit to it maybe not maybe not yeah maybe he still wants to leave that like fucking everybody up who knows you know yeah okay so um d'angelo then moved to sacramento area in 1976 where his crimes escalated from burglary to rape this is where we transition from the vasilia ransacker to the east area rapist so his mo was to stalk middle-class neighborhoods at night in search of women who were alone in one-story homes, usually near a school or a creek or a trail or an open space that would provide provide a quick escape. Most victims uh, had seen or heard a prowler on their property before the attacks, and many even experienced break-ins before like the main attack would happen. Police believed that the offender would conduct extensive uh, reconnaissance in a targeted neighborhood, um, like he would basically be looking into windows and prowling their yards uh, before Ugh. he would select a home to attack and just make sure that he could quickly get in and get out. It also it would also believe that he would sometimes enter the homes of future victims to unlock windows, unload oh, guns that they God. had, and even plant rope or cords that he would later use to tie them <laughs> up. Isn't oh that God. that's crazy? That I haven't so ever heard that happening. So it's all about control because yeah. he needed to make sure that every single part of the entire situation he'd be in control of. So that's why it was like so specific what he chose and like breaking into people's homes for beforehand to give himself easy entry and like easy materials. It's all about control. And that's so disturbing. Yeah. It, 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 that's so crazy. Like he would, he would unload their guns and then plant ropes and cord for them to to like tie them up. He mostly used shoestring for this time of being the East area rapist, but I'm like, yeah. Oh my God. That's so that's crazy. So uh, yeah, that's like next level of, of, of being so prepared for what about what he's about to do. Yeah. It's crazy. So he even frequently telephoned future victims sometimes for months in advance to learn their daily routines and just like act like he was ugh. Ugh, like, you know, trying to come install something or whatever. Um, Originally, the rapist targeted women alone in their homes or with children, but then switched to attacking couples. And I think this is what he's most known for. Um, so his usual method was to break in through a window or sliding glass door and awaken the sleeping uh, couple with a flashlight, threatening them with a handgun. Oh, this is the my vi- nightmare. This is, yeah, this is this, is, this is everyone's nightmare. So then the, when the victims were awake, he would bind them with shoelaces, which he found or brought with him blindfolded and gagged them with towels that he had ripped into strips. Then he would he would order the female victim to tie up her male companion before she was bound. 
He would then separate the couple, often putting the male down on his stomach and stacking dishes on the male's back and threatened to kill everyone in the house if he heard them rattle. So he'd like oh literally my God. have the male tied up, put the male on the ground, put dishes or something that could easily break or make a lot of noise on the male's back and be like, don't move. And if I hear that you move or these dishes crash, then I'm going to kill everybody. So then he would take the woman into the living room or the or the room next door and then rape her repeatedly, sometimes for even several hours, so that the that the dude could hear. Oh, oh my god. Yeah. This is my nightmare. This is my my this is my nightmare. This is my nightmare. So also during this time, he wouldn't just do that. That wasn't his only focus. He would spend hours in the home ransacking closets, drawers, eating food in the kitchen, drinking beer, uh, uh, watching TV, and then going back periodically to rape the woman again and make additional See, that's, threats. That's what disturbs me the most yeah. is like him going to make himself a snack, like yeah. watching TV, all while they're just tied up. And again, it's just about like the control of the situation and just like getting off on their fear and like their anticipation was going to happen next. Oh, it's so icky. Like it's so just like the whole night. Yeah. And it's so like ballsy of him just to stick around. He felt so confident in himself and because he did months of research before he even went to the victim where he knew that he could do it. Like it was, it's just so crazy that he would commit those crimes and just stick around for hours and just taunt them and like torture them. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. He would even like, he would even just like go and hide in a dark place of the house and then listen for the people to be like, okay, cool. He's gone. (gasps) And then when they would start like, you know, untying themselves and getting back to normal, he would jump out of the house (gasps) and like scare them, tie them back up and then go back to what he was doing and like specifically act like he had left. Oh, that's Um, multiple victims report this happening and then him either intentionally doing that or then just accidentally them really thinking that he had left, but that he was just like somewhere in the house for a while doing something. And then they thought he had left and he comes back in the room and he's like, what the f- like, what the fuck are y'all doing? I'm still here. Oh, um, my God. Ew, I am yeah. so disturbed. <laughs> it is then also reported that once he would do this, he would uh, steal again some personal objects. Uh, sometimes he would take some cash or firearms a little bit more often than he did when he was just the burglar. Um, and then he would uh, leave at any undisclosed time. He wouldn't tell them when he did. Um, he would just go and he, again, would go through on foot through a series of backyards, then use a bicycle to go to a car and then use that car to go home. But he would never go on. He would never run on the streets until he got to his car, um, which was like, you know. Uh-huh. I assume blocks and blocks away. The rapist operated from June 1976 until July 1979. So during this time, um, there are a number of phone calls that he made to people, um, which I'll get to in a second. But there are also two main documents that were found. Uh, one that was sent and the other one was found that are connected to the East Area Rapist. So in December 1977, someone claiming to be the East Area Rapist sent a poem titled Excitement's Crave to the Sacramento Bee, the Sacramento Mayor's Office, and the television station KVIE. So I read that, and I think, Chenna, you've read that before, too, because you cited that in the doc. Yeah. Um, It's, like, particularly some of the stuff that you read from The Son of Sam is a lot more, like, salacious and a lot more, like, interesting. 
this is really not that interesting to me. So I read it. If you want to go read it, just type in Excitement's Crave East Area Rapist and you can read the letter. I personally didn't think it was really that cool, so I'm not going to read any of it. It's pretty, like, obviously some, like, stupid dude thinking that he's cool trying to do something. Yeah. Um, but there it, is a reference to Son of Sam in the poem, which is Oh, pretty, there is? Yeah. So, which, which I like that part of the poem because I'm like, ooh, flashback. You like Flashback Friday? Did he... Flashback Friday. Did, did Son of Sam happen before... Oh, so Son, Son of Sam happened before him, of course, because he's alluding to it. So, I guess... Yeah, because he, like, specifically says, like, something about, like... Like, he says Son of Sam in it. Yeah. I, I like how it opens where he's like, oh, everyone who's living is born. And then they, like, think that they're worth something, but they're not worth something. I thought that was, like, okay, cool. I get that's, like, very serial killer-ish to be, like, everybody's, you know, a stupid piece of crap. And that's why I'm killing them. But yeah. the rest was just, like, eh, I didn't really care about. Um, then in December, on December 9th in 1978, during the investigation of the 42nd attack in Danville. So that is the 42nd of 50 recorded rapes and attacks on couples that happened. Um, If you, you can even go to Wikipedia and they literally have a table that has 50 dated and recorded rapes that happened during this time. It's just ridiculous. This guy was all over the place. That's 50 in like, uh, what, 20 months or 22 months, something like that. Yeah. That's just, I mean, that's insane. ridiculous. That, that's insane. Um, so yeah, like, fuck that. That's like one every 15 days at least. That's, that's insane. I don't, Ugh. I don't even get, yeah, I don't even get it. He's a bad guy. He's a bad guy. <laughs> um, so they, they discovered these sheets of a notebook paper that were on the ground that were near a suspicious vehicle uh, that were on the ground where a suspicious vehicle had reportedly been parked the night before. So the first sheet contained what appears to be an essay on General George Armstrong Custer. <laughs> That's a lot of words. Um, yeah, so General search... George Arm Custard in the library <laughs> with the candlestick. Right. <laughs> Um, if you if you follow if you search that on Wikipedia, he was a Union cavalry commander. Um, that's all I cared for looking up. <laughs> I don't know. I don't like fuck. fuck but you this know, guy. this guy's a bad he's guy. Actually I don't a... want to look up his shit. <laughs> yeah, he's a clue character. That's all I need to know. Yeah. Um, so the second sheet contains a journal style entry describing a teacher who made students write lines, which the author found humiliating. So um, if you if like people assume this is, you know, uh, D'Angelo, yeah. this is him talking about him being humiliated by writing these lines as a sixth grade student and having his teacher demand him to. You know, you know how you like you write a line over and over like Bart Simpson on the intro of The Simpsons. That's basically what yeah. he had to do as a punishment. And he really gets into it. It's like a whole page of him being like, I feel like I never felt any rage more in my life as a child than when I had to do this for my teacher. And he was like, I never felt rage in my life until that day. And I hated oh. that teacher. And he was like, that was the beginning of, of my rage as a human being against all of humanity, blah, 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 blah. And it goes on. So it so it wasn't when he watched uh, some army dudes rape his little sister. Oh, it no, was when no. his sister <laughs> made him or when no. his teacher made him write lines over and over again. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. It was that. The rape was no big <laughs> deal to worse. him. Like, way it worse, definitely Chana. had no effect on him whatsoever. Yeah. None. Way, way worse, Chana. <laughs> <laughs> Me as a male, I can attest. 
<laughs> That's true. You yeah. actually know more than I do about. I have a penis, about, so um, therefore I know better. Yeah, I don't know anything without no. a penis inside of me. Yeah. So <laughs> we've I know established that right since like episode three. <laughs> yeah, since oh episode God. three, I've just known nothing. Like, there's yeah. currently not a. I'm not no. riding a dick right now. Therefore, I have no idea therefore, what I'm saying. Nothing. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> we are all joking, by the way. Jk, everybody. If you JK, just JK. tuned in. <laughs> if you just tuned in, just take a look back at uh, episode three. And your, and your sarcasm meter isn't exploding. <laughs> isn't like coming, bukkaking all over you and your friends. Right. Just go back to episode three and uh, start the, the way, way back many centuries ago to yeah. episode three. <laughs> um, so also one of the last sheets was a hand-drawn map of what appears to be a suburban neighborhood with the word punishment scrawled across Ugh. the reverse side. So it's believed that this was him sort of uh, writing up or drawing up a mock or an ideal suburban area that he could prowl and like, you know, stalk in. Um, and But but there's like no conclusion as exactly if that was a real suburban neighborhood or not. So let's get into the phone calls um, and we'll sort of end on that. Um, so on March, so these are, I'm going to go over like five or six different like crazy phone calls that he did to multiple people. Most of them are the police um, and read them off. And this is what he did during uh, from June 1967 to July 1979 when he was the East Area Rapist. So on March 18th of 1977, the Sacramento County Sheriff's Office received three calls from a man claiming to be the East Area Rapist. Uh, however, none of them were, were recorded. Uh, the first two calls received at 4.15 and 4.30 p.m. were identical and ended with the caller laughing and then hanging Ew. up. Ew. Um, the final the call came at 5 p.m. Uh, with the caller saying, I'm the east side rapist and I have my next victim already stalked and you guys can't catch me. Oh, <laughs> my God. Um. Then on December 2nd of 1977, a man claiming to be the rapist called the Sacramento police saying, you're never going to catch me, East Area Rapist, you dumb fuckers. I'm going to fuck again tonight. Careful. <gasps> the call was recorded and then later released. Oh, my God. Imagine being alive in 1977 and then having that. And you that... hear that shit. Oh, my God. <laughs> uh... And you lived in Sacramento. <laughs> yeah. Fuck your life. Oh, my God. <laughs> and you're like a single mother. Oh, my God. I would I would just I'd stock move. up. <laughs> yeah, I'd be like, I'm fucking out. I'm out. I'd be like, guess I have five shotguns. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Damn. The next night, a victim was attacked after that call happened. Um, then on December 9th of 1977, a previous victim received a phone. A previous victim received a phone call during... Uh, during that time in December 9th, which she attributed to her attacker, the caller said, Merry Christmas, it's me again, and then hung no. up. That's all. No. That's it. <laughs> oh, my God. That That's, fucks with me so that hard. so crazy. Um, that would be it. Then shortly before 10 p.m. on December 10th of 1977, Sacramento authorities received two identical calls saying, I'm going to hit tonight Watt Avenue. Both were recorded, and the caller was identified as the same person who placed the December 2nd call. Law enforcement patrols were increased that night, and at 2.30 a.m., 
a masked man eluded officers after being seen bicycling on the Watt Avenue Bridge. When spotted again at 4.30 a.m., he discarded the bicycle and fled on foot. The bicycle had been stolen. Oh, my gosh. He still went out and went to the exact place. That's crazy. He's so cocky. He's so damn he, cocky. Yeah. He, like, just knew he wouldn't get caught. Y'all, y'all, during this time, he is still a police officer. Yeah. Like, like he would be. Like, y'all, he's a police officer. Ugh. Like, he, he's going to work. He's He's on duty. He has a badge. He has a gun. He was at the crime scenes. He could have interviewed the, the victims. Isn't it, it just it could have been him? Yeah. Like he like, he was always there. He discarded his own evidence. He was he was part of it. Ugh. Yeah. You make your own political connections there because this because we're drunk. <laughs> the police. Yeah, yeah. Then on January second of nineteen seventy eight, the first known rape victim received a the first rape victim received a wrong number call asking for Ray. The call was recorded and police suspect that it may be the same caller who made a, th- a threatening call to her later that evening. The call was also recorded and identified by the victim as the voice of her assailant. Hello? So then the last and most interesting one, I think, personally, is on January 6th of 1978, a man claiming to be the East Area Rapist called the, uh, called the Contact Counseling Service and said, I have a problem. I need help because I don't want to do this anymore. After a short conversation, Oof. the caller said, I believe you are tracing this call. And then they hung up. Oh, fuck. Oh, fuck. So that's like one of the last calls that they have. Um, so also during these rapes, and this is the saddest, this is like one of the saddest things because I saw the, their pictures and it just made me so sad. So during these rapes, during this 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 time frame, um, a young Sacramento couple, uh, Brian Magri, a military policeman, um, and then Katie Magri were walking their dog in the Rancho, Rancho Cordova area on the night of February 2nd of 1978 near where the uh near where the East Area Rapist or sorry 
<clears throat> near where five of the East Area Rapist attacks had occurred. So the Magaries fled after a confrontation in the street, but were chased down and then shot dead. Oh. Yeah. Um, people at that time thought that it was the East Area Rapist, um, and especially because they also found a shoelace nearby that attack. The FBI announced on June 15th, 2016, that they were confident that it was the East Area Rapist that murdered the Magaries. And then on June 29th of 2020, so like just last month, um, a couple months ago, I guess, D'Angelo entered a plea of guilty on to those murders. Um, so while this was a horrible, cold-blooded murder and just completely super sad, and it happened amidst all these rapes, and he had only committed one murder before that, at least that we know of, it was only foreshadowing the series of murders that Joseph James D'Angelo would commit for years to come. And that is where we will leave you um, uh, with the Golden State Killer uh, and just like sort of, you know, get you wet with dread to wait for Chana's segment. Yes. Next week, we will go over the original Night Stalker and the Diamond Knot Killer and then the Golden State Killer and then the controversial uh, (laughs) DNA DNA uh, profiling that went down. It's going to be a good one. So stay tuned for next week, everybody. Nice. So, Corey, how was your sex life? Yeah, sex life's good. Had Had a great date today. Um, with cute. a dude, I just won't say his name because you know we don't need to say them. Um, he has a cute little bulldog by the name of Bandit. He's really cute. Aww, he's a he's cute. a bulldog Frenchie mix. So he's like soup, Aww. and he's only one years old. So he's like crazy. Just has a ton of energy. He's hilarious. Oh, that's so yeah. sweet. Also went uh to the lake and went fishing with my mom this past weekend. That was really fun. I had a good time. I saw your Insta pics. Very yeah. cute. They're so good time. It, Boise's Boise's great. It's really fun. Um, people are online are super flaky with trying to like hook up or even just like go out on a coffee date, but that's fine. It's, it's whatever. It's chill. Yeah. Yeah. It's COVID. You you can excuse them, I guess. Like... Yeah, but it's nah because they're none of them are following it, so it's fine. Oh. Yeah. Then never in mind. Yeah, it's fine. It's but I mean, like we've you know, it's just an app, and everyone's been flaky. I've been flaky on an app before, but it's just annoying for it to happen like repeatedly. But with that guy, it didn't, so it's fine. Yay, that's good. Yeah. Well, my sex life is great. Um, Jordan and I had a sex day this weekend. So well. So I am creating an OnlyFans, just to let everyone know. Yes. And uh, for whatever reason, this is like a new weird kink that Jordan and I discovered. Um, anytime like I talk about me posting some OnlyFans, like yes. he gets all hot and bothered. Therefore, we yeah, have I'd get crazy ball slappy, yeah. uh, ball slappy sex. So yeah, almost like. I mean, it's it's pretty much like an everyday thing right now. Like I mentioned OnlyFans, and it's fucking on. <laughs> and it's not just like I'm you just know, gonna like text you have Jordan, OnlyFans. <laughs> yeah, it's not like it's like oh yeah, you just have sex every day type of sex. It's like 
ball slappy, yes. you know, crazy Friday night sex every single day. <laughs> so it's awesome. So I'm living the dream. Um, we also started getting back into bondage again. So that's yes. super duper fun. So it's great. Once my OnlyFans account is up, I'll let y'all know what it is because, you know, you guys are my OnlyFans. Yes. <laughs> so excited, you guys. But that is my sex life. But most importantly, we have to talk about the purge right yes. now. Yes. Let's talk about the purge. Where to start? So we, I, so I watched it like a week ago because we were originally supposed to record a week ago, but then chaos is this whole past week has been it's been so crazy. Yeah. It was such an interesting movie, especially to watch it during or like in this current political it climate. Was disturbing. It, it really because I could really see us doing that, and it freaked That's me the why it's fuck disturbing. out. Yeah, because I, yeah, I, I can honestly see us doing something like the purge and it really freaked me out i'm like oh this isn't as crazy like when the movie came out a million years ago i thought it was so unrealistic but now with everything that's been going on i'm like oh my god the purge is gonna be real and it just scared me yeah i just it was, yeah continue sorry it was a uh, better than i expected it to be in terms of just like i guess overall quality because i always expect those movies to be kind of real bad yeah um, but i was pleasantly surprised also i love that cersei is in it that was super fun for me to see her i'm like yeah bitch uh, yeah it was definitely better than i expected but yeah it, it just freaked me out it made me feel real icky like i was not having a good time <laughs> it was a little rough yeah i it just like i don't know just like being with parents and then having them talk like talk about protecting like christian values a little bit more just hearing that dialogue in a like treated in a real sense it, it just it just really just like fucked me up with how they're like they're like okay we don't none of that happens to us we're safe here when the parents were telling the children that it's like hey yeah. that doesn't happen to us we're safe where we are everybody else is off on their own though we're wit rich and white and you know in yeah. this in this uh in this neighborhood and that kind of stuff doesn't happen here. And then just to also have like that whole, uh, just, it was just, it was just really super bothered me just to be like, Oh wow. Like there are a lot of parallels between like the, like conservative people, not to try and get too political, but like conservative people and Christian conservative people talk about black lives matter movement and just me hearing that like from their mouths and then how they see it and how they view it. And then just being like, basically them just not realizing their privilege in the whole matter and being like, well, it is mostly bad and blah, 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 you know, just stuff like that. It was just like, oh, wow, like the parallels between like, oh, the perch is good and it's great and it's a good thing because it gets us rid of these, you know, degenerates that prey on society financially, blah, 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 blah. And just like the parallels between the Black Lives Matter movement and things that people are saying in Boise especially is just like, oh, my God, just like... (laughs) <laughs> it was it, a lot. It, it was a lot. I like. I literally watched. I think I messaged you. I watched a. I fell asleep to a Disney movie because I was so disturbed. <laughs> yeah, I. It, it was. It was a lot to go through. It was. It. It was a better movie than I expected. But mm-hmm. yeah, it freaked. It freaked me the fuck out because it. It's just our reality right now, and it really disturbed me that that's like we're currently living in that world. Oh yeah. And, um, yeah, and it. I mean, good job to the writers, I guess, and like the directors yeah, right? for 
for making it so real. Thanks, uh, thanks, Jason yeah. Blum. Yeah, thank you. Uh, um, I also really I loved so like the the whole white like young adult group that came after like the homeless man in their house. Yeah, I like. I loved that they looked like the most like stereotypical like rich Ivy League little yes. like Brock Turner fuckheads. Like they yes. nailed it with their <laughs> costumes and casting. Because I, yeah. I saw the dude, and I'm like, I fucking hate you. Like as soon as I saw him, uh-huh. and he started talking, I'm like, I do fucking hate you. So really yeah, well done just with like, fuck you. I hate you. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah, because those people are totally like the the millennials that would be all for the purge, and so I was just like, ugh. It was a lot. And I love that the son let the homeless man in. The whole time I was, like, rooting for, like, the son and the homeless man. I'm like, yes. Yeah. I'm like, fuck society. (laughs) I'm like, go against society. Yeah. I do love that ending scene where he, like, you know, saves them. And then she's sitting at the dinner table and she's like, we're not going to do any more violence tonight. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And she's like, sit the fuck down, Stacy. And then yeah. she like slams her head on the, on the thing. Yeah, I was, was like, good. yeah, fuck that white bitch. Yeah, that <laughs> fuck Stacy. Or whatever her name is. It was yeah. a good oh, one oh, to was... watch, but it was just a little bit. It hit home too, too much. Yeah. I, I, I wish. But maybe it's important for us to, to watch a movie like that right now. True. Because it, it. Yeah. It was a lot, though. In this specific political climate it was a lot it was a lot so i'm excited for the uh for the next movie the did you not you did announcement you did earlier yeah oh dr sleep <gasps> dr sleep yes thank you i had no idea okay thank so we'll God. say that yeah so what were you saying you had a good segue i, I know i don't even remember <laughs> so yeah that was disturbing <laughs> Good, good, good segue, Corey. <laughs> Sorry, y'all. Well, there we'll just explain we it to you guys. Drunk, so we didn't realize what the next movie was. <laughs> yeah, I because we talked. I was. I'm so shook by the purge. I completely forgot that we were supposed to be watching Doctor Sleep for this next month. So yeah. August, we're gonna have a good time. Forget about the world and watch Doctor Sleep, and it's we can really watch good. Ewan McGregor yeah. uh, face fuck Corey. So yeah. it's gonna oh be. Oh my a good god! Time. I just want Ewan McGregor to call me. Oh my god, that changed my life. What if he did? He was like, <sighs> I'd be I like, I'll do ground. anything if I could just like have dinner. suck your dick, or just have dinner oh. with you, <laughs> and just look you at, can... watch you smile. <laughs> oh yeah, just uh, just call me pretty and and make me smile, and I'll watch you smile and yep. the whole thing. Oh my well, goodness. on that note, anyways, house your sex life. Bye, guys. Bye. See you next week.